Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today to take your leadership to the next level. I'm your host, Ken Engel, president of Southeastern University. And I'm your co-host, Michael Steiner, vice president for innovation. And we are excited to introduce our guest for today's show, Manny Orango. Manny is a teaching pastor at Social Dallas. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm an SCU alumnus and yep. founder of ARMA. Am I saying that right? I want to make sure. You said it perfect. ARMA, All right. love it. ARMA, an academic Bible study tool that reflects uh, his heart to equip and champion God's people. Manny, great to have you here today. It is an honor to be with you guys, and I think this is going to be a great episode. Looking forward to our conversation. I want to start the conversation out by talking about your perspective on the trends that we're seeing in preaching today. Over the last few years, there seems to be Mm -hmm. almost somewhat of a lack of depth in, in teaching in the church. What does it mean to create greater theological depth in these contexts and what needs to be prioritized in in messages in our churches across literally around the world so many ideas in my head right Right. at once okay so uh i did my master's here at at seu uh and for one of those courses we got to hang out with dr leonard sweet yeah all right like at his house yeah in like Uh, wherever that was like narnia or wherever you had to go through a wardrobe Going all crazy stuff, yeah. Um, Orca's Island, right? Yes, yes. And so we're sitting there with Dr. Sweet, and he says, you know, right around World War II, you can see a shift in the in the role of most senior pastors. That prior to World War II, most senior pastors have what's called a study. Mm. So they see their primary job as um, theological, that that they are forming communities around doctrine. Uh, and and then World War II hits, and the icon of America begins to be the businessman, the CEO. This is America's entrance into mm. being a world superpower, and that the the senior pastor goes from having a study to having an office. Yeah. Right. So now mm. an office is where executive level leadership happens, and um, he's, this isn't like a good or bad thing. Right. Like there's right. no like judgment call right. on whether or not this is good, bad. However. If the pendulum, you know, swings, mm-hmm. then I think that there are lots of leaders, uh, especially today, um, who are phenomenal leaders. They're mm-hmm. incredible leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd be great leaders in government, business, church, in any sector yeah. of society. But I think when we talk about preaching and pastoring, there has to be a level of leadership that includes theological formation right. and biblical literacy. Right. And so I think that what we've done is we've said, um, and we can just look at like church trends, right? Right. In, in America. Right, right. Like um, I grew up, you know, before anything that was seeker sensitive, right? right? So, you know, I grew up at like a holiness yeah, Pentecostal yeah. church, mm-hmm. nothing yeah. seeker sensitive, right? And then you see church movement go, and, and what the seeker sensitive movement has taught us is that attractional good. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. We can't decide with people who are not there. Right. Right. That sometimes right. church can yeah, exactly. be too weird. Right. Exactly. That, like, right. It's actually good to right. like have some kids programming mm-hmm. and, right. like, you know, yeah, that's right. good. Yeah. Um, um, and then, so then let's say the next wave is ARC, 
right? Mm -hmm. ARC has had a massive impact on how we do church. And it's saying, hey, growth track, getting people to volunteer. I grew up at a church where like you had to go through essentially a semester's worth of doctrine in order to volunteer in church. My parents had to take exams, the foundation exams, multiple choice tests, right? (laughs) Just to like, you know, park cars, you know? And so, all right, ARC has taught us like, no, like people need to belong. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe before they even know what they believe. And I think now we're going, okay, this is great. We need to get people into church. Like we need to do things that attract people. We need to get people plugged in. Community Mm -hmm. matters. And I think 2020, I think a lot of leaders saw young adults specifically Mm -hmm. and people across age demographics who they thought were solid Christian folks who like were like pillars in God's house. And now Mm -hmm. it's like, what do you mean you've deconstructed right. and just yeah, left yeah. and, you know, right. and I think we're going, oh, okay. So the attraction stuff that we get, did wasn't, it was good, but it wasn't enough in right. the, the belonging and the volunteering that you can volunteer and you can be here, but not know mm-hmm. who Jesus is or right. like not be biblically literate. And so I think that, you know, if I can take, take all that stuff and kind of give a, what's, what, what are we, what are we doing, I think we need a, a specific kind of leader um, that's a phenomenal communicator that can actually lead, yeah. like mm-hmm. like strategy, vision, right. culture, teams, but that that is like, hey, we can't sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Like I was, yeah. I was recently, um, I, I went to Des Moines, Iowa to preach, all right? I, was, I had a speaking mm. engagement in Des Moines, Des Moines Iowa. Iowa. A lot Heartland. of good stuff happened in Des Moines. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. My my wife's grandfather pastored there for about twenty five years. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Des Moines, mm-hmm. fantastic. Yep. So I this youth pastor picks me up, and for whatever reason, he felt the need to like apologize, and he said, "Hey, man, I'm sorry yeah. in advance because our church is really old school. We still do Sunday school." And I went, "Hey, whoa, hold up, bro! Like, yeah. time out. Never apologize, apologize for that." Right. Right. Sunday school is amazing. Yeah. And if, if there's any pushback I could give, yo, you need to lean in on that. Right. Make sure your teenagers are involved. Make sure young, like, mm-hmm. we ha- we, I would actually say I'd love to see a trend where the pendulum goes back to, yeah, we show up mm-hmm. before church and we do have Sunday, Sunday school. school yeah. right? There's some kind of space mm-hmm. where education happens, where, where, where formation happens, not just in my spiritual disciplines or not right. just in... Um, volunteering or serving or mm-hmm. tithing or whatever, but there's some, I've got to answer some hard right, questions. Right, and, right. and I think that matters. And, and I think what Dr. Sweet is pushing at is, um, hey, like we, we, what happened to the study? Like what happened to mm-hmm. the pastor being theologically trained? And uh, I, I think, I keep thinking like, oh, that's the last thing. Okay. Yes. For real though. No, this is the last <laughs> thing. No, no, you're good. Like uh, one of my favorite leadership podcasts, and we mm-hmm. probably all agree, is Craig Rochelle's leadership mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. right? So good. And one of the big things that Craig Rochelle says is that culture is gonna, is, uh, it's either going to happen by design or by default. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So you may as well design the culture yep. because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You take your hands off the wheel or you let it cruise control. It's going to by default be toxic right. because mm-hmm. we're broken. We're, our hearts are wicked. It just is what right. it is, right? We're human. And uh, I would say theology is going to happen. It's either going to happen by design or by default. And Every, cause I've, I've met a lot of pastors who are like, no, like 
I'm entrepreneurial. I've I've got mm-hmm. vision. I've got strategy. Like I'm, you know, the giving's up. The the this right, is up. Right. Like all, all these the metrics, sti- are all up. these yeah. metrics mm-hmm. are up. And I go, yeah, but you're also a theologian. Like that's what right. you mm-hmm. when you answer the call to the pastor. You also answered the call to be a nerd. I'm sorry yeah, if you yeah. don't like that, yeah. but well, it's it's a part of it. And here's my question on that, though. Do, I mean, do you think that's too much to ask one person? Yes, I mean, I do. like, like, yeah, like, I do. It, you know, we we've got this society where at one point we're asking to be a theologian, and the next point an executive, and now yes. we want you to be both. I mean, it can't, is there another way where we could be approaching this problem that includes more people? I think that teamwork is is essential. I think that even when you look at the fivefold ministry gifts, right. like I, I've always said, man, a lot of times churches just assume that the pastoral gift and the teaching or preaching gift are the same. And they're not, right? right? They're not right, at right, all. Right, exactly. Even right there. Right. It's like, yep. no, like, and there's an apostolic gift that's vision, that's right. church planning, that's growth oriented. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm really bad at hospital visits, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not really good at it. I'm not the most pastoral person in the world. And yeah. there are people on staff that have been at churches that I've served at. Man, people, they walk mm-hmm. in the hospital room and congregants feel loved and yeah. cared for and shepherded. Right. Um, so I think that the, the man, the Achilles heel when it comes to teamwork is pride, right? Yeah. If, every, mm. if I want credit, then I'm never going to build a great team and you got to have a team that goes all right like you know i was i was in uh i was in toledo ohio there you go and there was a a kid with an mdiv um and uh he was curious because i'm a teaching pastor at our church and um part of being a teaching pastor is curriculum creation and Mm -hmm. sermon prep and sermon research and all that stuff right and he was like i just struggle with the fact that i may write something and then someone else is going to preach it and i was like well that sounds like you got an ego problem, man. Wow. Like, like it, 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 it yeah. maybe God's not called you to be on stage, but he has called you to use your education and right. use all that nerdiness right. and you've got to support right. yep. your leader. And, and if everyone wants credit, then no, the team's not going to go anywhere. So yeah. yeah, in terms of trends, I think that we've got to really, especially youth ministry, young adult ministry, church ministry at, at large, I think we got to disciple people for Babylon, not Jerusalem. I think that mm-hmm. we are definitely. And what do you think? Uh, how do you think social media plays into a lot of this? How has it changed the way we think about the church and think about the gospel? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, social media has become a trusted source of information, mm. which right. is an issue. And Which is uh, nuts because AI is writing half of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. It's like, and it's, you know, I was literally talking to a college student yesterday. Um, who shall not be named and, uh, was like, yeah, you know, like during COVID I was deconstructing all alone in my room and just essentially letting an algorithm disciple me. Mm. Um, and I go, Hey, the issue here is not with deconstruction. We all need to ask some hard questions. We all need to deconstruct whatever version of Christianity or faith was given to us by a pastor or parents or grandparents or whatever. So deconstruction is not the issue. Detachment from the church right. is, 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 right. is actually the number one right. issue. Right. We all need to ask some hard questions. That's great. That's actually proof that your faith is like alive. And mm-hmm. I, I, I hope that you're asking some deeper questions at 35 than you were at 13. Yeah. Question 
questions, God's not intimidated by. But isolation, detachment, a distrust of this institution called the church, that's the problem. And uh, I think that social media obviously is going to become a substitute, has become a massive substitute. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, whether it's Christian influencers or deconstruction influencers, it's just very easy for social media to become an Mm -hmm. echo chamber. Yeah. And um, and it's addictive. Like, right, like right. at the end of the day, there's tons yeah. of research that shows you know, phones well, are addictive. But what I love about your ministry specifically, and I was following you for a long time even before we connected at Southeastern and stuff, is how you're – I mean – Social media, right, is a, is an amoral tool, right? It, exactly. it doesn't it doesn't cut it cuts both directions, and you're doing such a good job of I feel like using it to to put out a different message to go from there. Why do you? I mean, I guess my two part question is: How can pastors start thinking about it that way, right? Yep. Instead of it being the boogeyman, how can we start pivoting to realizing, all right, this is a tool to engage, and what are some ways they could start going? So I was I was. Uh, in my doctoral program, talking to one of my classmates, right? Mm-hmm. And he's a little anti phones. Like yeah. he's, you know, he's 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 a little anti, right? Yeah. And so I said, hey, like, how ridiculous would it be if I said to you, you know, I'm I'm gonna pastor church. We're gonna do no missions trips. We don't we don't believe in it. We're just not gonna engage. Mm-hmm. Like, just no missions trips. None of it. You know, we're never gonna go to Romania. We're never gonna go mm-hmm. to Ukraine. Never gonna go to Bangladesh. Never gonna happen. We're just right. not gonna do it. Not gonna do missions. He was like, he went. That well. That that would be ridiculous. <laughs> and I went, okay, well, the digital space is a mission field. Yes. Right. Yes. It, the moment you disengage, what mm-hmm. you're saying is these are humans I don't care about. Right. Yeah. These are people That's that good. I do not mm-hmm. care about influencing, reaching. Mm-hmm. And I just think we need better verbiage. So like right. when, when it comes to like TikTok or YouTube or mm-hmm. Instagram, any, any tool my goal is not pastoring this online audience. Mm-hmm. My goal is to point that online audience to people who can be yeah. pastoral voices to talk about the church in a positive way. Yeah. It's to help just get someone one inch closer. But at the end of the day, you got billions of people on their phones who need hope, right. who need yeah. life, right. who need direction, who mm-hmm. need clarity. Mm-hmm. And so we should, uh, we should 100% use our resources right in our massive, our, our brain, you know right. what I'm saying? To like add value right. into the space um, and then invite people to right. go deeper. Well, I think about like what would have happened if Paul had avoided the marketplace in Athens. Exactly. Just just because it was a boogeyman, oh, I don't want to participate exactly. in that, right? You don't get the message, you don't get to administer, you don't get to kind of grow in that, in yeah. that space in there. And that's how we need to be thinking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. And this was really easy. Well, this is helpful for me, right? Yeah. So I, uh, I'm hanging out with my friend, and he's trying to explain crypto to me, right? right okay. So, and I feel yeah. like we're all in this right, boat right, together, right. right? Okay, like, what is an NFT? Right. Right. What's Web3? <laughs> right. Like, right. what's the blockchain, right? right. Like, okay, what's help it? me, right. you know? Right. And he goes, hey, I think that you're caught up on the word technology. Mm. He's like, when you think tech, you think electronics. Right. He's like, let me help you. Because a pencil is technology. Right, right. Right? Parchment is technology. Mm-hmm. The codex, like the book. Yep. Yep. When we went from scrolls to actual books, it's technology. Right. Printing press is technology. Roads right. are technology. Yeah. So anything that helps the human to do any task quicker, faster, more efficient right. is technology. Mm-hmm. So he's like, 
any any anti-technology like rant you want right. to go yeah. on, yeah. let me remind you right. the cross yeah. was Roman technology. Right. Roads that the gospel was preached on was technology. Right. The letters, this is technology. The right. rhetoric skills that Paul uses, this is technology. Mm-hmm. Right. God's been using tech right. for a really, really long time. Right. Yeah. And, um, and it's our job to go, all right, like there's a difference between the Tower of Babel, which is tech, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's make bricks, yep. right? So right. This, is the, the, this is an inability to harness tech for the glory of God. This is mm-hmm. wanting to harness tech so that we can make a name for ourselves. Um, and the difference between the Tower of Babel and... Abraham building altars, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or digging wells. Yeah. Still tech. Still tech. Right. This is tech, but yeah. but this is the motivation. Mm-hmm. And the core driver is not idolatry. Right. The core driver here. So right. how do we harness things? How do we reframe things? Framework, right? right? How do we create yep. a right. different framework so that people can... We don't want to throw the baby out the bathwater. Mm-hmm. We don't want to create a boogeyman. Right. We want to say, no, tech is mm-hmm. not the issue here. Right. It's the human heart. The human heart. Right. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. The condition, the of, the condition exactly. of the heart is the yeah. problem here. Yeah. And we, we, anything we touch can right. be evil because the inclination of our mm-hmm. hearts and our thoughts are evil. Right. So let's, how do we I love move that. in this space? I love that image. I mean, you, th- you could compare the Tower of Babel to the temple of Solomon's Temple of yes. Jerusalem, right? Yes. Both were built to touch God. Exactly. But one wanted to conquer. It was this whole yes. idea of making us proud and proud. The yep. other one was about submission on yep. that side of it. So in both senses... You could approach it from the same yeah. same ankle. It's it, huge, and God has no issue with. He's not like I'm in the anti brick God. Yeah. No, right, right. you know it's yeah. like I was in Amish country preaching, and you you know you're literally watching, you know face to face a community of people who are anti tech, right? Mm-hmm. Right. right? Horse and buggy everywhere. It, it's right. it, but it's like, hey guys, guess what? The horse and buggy is tech, right? Yes. That's right. technology, yes. right? Like <laughs> yep. this didn't always exist. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Adam and Eve didn't have. Right. You know, so yeah. it's it's interesting. You know, the tech conversation is interesting. It's okay. How do we, how do we steward this? Mm-hmm. How do we live open handedly, and not not make this about something that's actually not right? Um, which is easy for us to do to yeah. create a thing mm-hmm. that's like, no. And God's like, no, 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 no. Stop making. Don't make me focus on this. I want to focus on your heart. I yep. want to focus That's on what's good. on the inside. Now, the the armor tool you you have created, amazing tool, helps people to go deeper in in scripture. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that resource, how it works, and why you launched it. Yeah, we well, this is the yeah. blessing of COVID. Okay, right. you know, I I was a full time evangelist, traveling and preaching, uh, 2017, 18, 19. Um, 2019, we probably did somewhere about 60 to 70 speaking engagements that year. And, um, I, at that point decided, okay, I think I should quit my church job and like do this full time. Well, January was great. You know, had a bunch of speaking engagements, paid my mortgage. My wife was happy. (laughs) February had a bunch of speaking engagements, paid my mortgage. You know, my wife was happy. And then March of 2020 hit and, um, Got about 35 cancellations in a week, and and wow. but between one weekend to the next, you know, one wow. seven day period, every conference that was booked on our calendar, most events, you know, just canceled or postponed. Uh, and I remember being in in a in a at a fork in the road, like, hey, I am either going to go backwards, like mm. try to get my church job back, right? Or I can go, God wouldn't have fooled me or teased me or mm-hmm. led me down this path. Um, 
if if this wasn't what we were called to do. And so I remember we bought two cameras and we turned my, my garage into a studio. And um, I said, hey, like, I've got this awesome degree from SEU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a biblical studies and, you know, theology degree from Gordon College for my undergrad. Yeah. I got a master's degree from SEU. Let me jump into a doctoral program. Yeah. And I'm not going to waste yeah. this moment or this opportunity. And mm-hmm. so we just started creating videos with mm-hmm. no clue right. of, like, what we were doing, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's this lesson of... I, you learn by doing. Right. I right. there was yeah we watched some YouTube videos and we tried to do some research but yeah. at the end of the day those first like five courses we did were terrible. Okay, right. yeah. but we got to hundred subscribers and we got to two hundred subscribers and we kept figuring it out and then we figured out man twelve minutes is the sweet spot. Right. Every video needs to be twelve minutes. Okay, and then we figured out we kept figuring things out along the way. We figured out how to do quizzes. We figured out how to like get learning objectives mm-hmm. from people. And right now. We are close to 1,500 subscribers wow, who um, pay anywhere from 13 to 21 mm. bucks a month to like take courses like Deuteronomy, homosexuality, mm. uh, character, nature of yep. God, women in ministry. So, um, and now the coolest thing I think that we actually get to do is partner with churches. So right. senior pastors who are like, all right. I'm not about to do a sermon series on homosexuality, right? I'm not right. about to do a sermon series on wh- whatever, like fill in that blank, Deuteronomy. Like yeah, that's just right. not yeah. within our bandwidth, but our people need this. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that anything that's not serving the local church mm-hmm. and like driving people back towards the local church is not going to have longevity. And so uh, that's what we've been doing. And God's been great. And uh and now, like, Jesse, who runs operations for us, just let me know that we have 11 employees. I had no idea. Wow. Wow. We had, like, 11 employees. I wow. went, wow, you know? <laughs> right. It's so, like this thing that we started in the middle of COVID. Right. Just kind of scared, nervous, <laughs> you know, like, right. I don't know right. what we're really doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but, hey, like, just go. Right. Mm-hmm. What you got is enough. Mm-hmm. And And that's been true. What we had was enough. Yeah. Two cameras in in some in 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 a degree and, and well, in like you, a what, you, what you did is you hit on the nerve. It, what exactly what you're talking about earlier about the lack of Sunday school. For right? sure. I mean, it's what it is. It's For it's, sure. it's, it's a digital way, and it's this revival where people are like, "Hey, I I really would like to understand Deuteronomy better." Absolutely, we, you know, absolutely. and all that kind of and that different stuff. And it's not just you guys, right? This is a trend we're seeing oh, pop yeah. up all oh, over yeah. the place. My friend um, Nathan Finocchio, who leads the OSU, right? Like, I remember Same me and thing. him became yeah. really good friends. Um, and I remember interacting with him. I was like, "This is the first like." Dude, I know who's not ashamed to be a nerd. Yeah. Right. And all this time, right? I, there's been this like nerd in me, right? Mm-hmm. Who like really cares about theology right. and biblical literacy. Right. But what I does was that like, word mean? I was yeah. like, just, you know, buying leather jackets, trying to be cool, like you uh, know, trying to blend yeah. in with every yeah. other youth pastor. But you know, going no, like who did God design me to be? Right. I, like, and Nathan was actually a pivotal person in my life. You know in terms of a friendship that helped me to just feel comfortable mm-hmm. like yo dude own it man yeah. you got a biblical yeah. you got a theology degree from Gordon College man right. like right. clearly like exactly. own it even right. at 17 like right. you right. were clearly passionate about this so right. um yeah we owned it and and um yeah I got to visit the Bible Project studios like this past summer yeah 
And uh, even just going, yeah, people are engaging with this kind yeah. of content. Right. Right. People are engaging with Bible content yeah. that is helping them to make sense of a book they've heard preached to them their whole life. Right. But they don't necessarily have a framework mm -hmm. for like where sure. do things fit like mm -hmm. i kind of know some random stories i know about noah right. and jonah right. and like yeah. but i don't have like a timeline of like right. where any of this stuff is and without a framework it's right. disorienting right. right and so hey how do we create a framework that helps to orient mm -hmm. everything that's in this picture frame well and in theological studies was so gate kept for so long, yes. right? Like you yes. couldn't, you could like, you couldn't just go out and have a textbook that people would read, even if you were a nerd. I mean, think about how many over the course of hundreds of years, pastors that could have been incredible theologians, but there was not a, there was not an avenue for them exactly. to go. Now we live in this time and age where if you're studied and you've gone deep and stuff, you can open it up. 1, would you encourage pastors to to follow in that way? Like if yes. you're like the secret nerd in that closet and you're like, man, I'd love to put a couple courses together. 1000%. So yep. one of the core values for Arma is accessibility. Mm. We want this stuff to be accessible, accessible. right? right. This good. is like, let's go back, let's be nerds a little. Let's go yep. back to yep. Martin Luther, right? right. Yep. The Catholic church is like, you better not translate this mm -hmm. out of Latin <laughs> and mm -hmm. into like, yep. into the language of the people, into common vernacular. And yep. Martin Luther is like, no, nah, like we're gonna translate this stuff into German, you get the Guten Bible. You, well, yeah. get, you get this entire, what is he doing? He's making this more accessible. Mm -hmm. If only the priest can read this stuff, mm -hmm. the priest can tell you anything, you know? Yep. It's, right. like a, it's like a yep. used car salesman. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like going to the mechanic. Exactly. Right? I'm, always, you, yep. I'm yep. always nervous when I go to the yes. mechanic. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Man, yeah. I'll take your word the for expert. it. Right. Um, and then, you know, so, but then the pendulum can't swing too far because we all kind of have interacted with those people in church who they are the know-it-all. They thought right. they were. Yeah, right. And so they can like, you know, right. rebuttal the pastor and it's like, no, no, no. Like, hey, like knowing the Bible shouldn't make you arrogant. Knowing the Bible should actually like make you yeah. grounded. It should make right. you humble. Make so, um, and so, yeah, I would say like a core value for us is high accessibility. Mm -hmm. And that is, uh, and that gets down in everything. Okay, is this priced the right way? Mm. Is it, is the technology easy to use? We were at a church recently, and an 85 year old woman became a subscriber, mm. and it was like, yeah, like, is this? Are we making this accessible for the 85 year old woman? Mm -hmm. uh, are there people of color? Are there women like right. these spaces that have been um, inaccessible or maybe intimidating mm -hmm. for certain demographics of people? How do we make them more and more and more accessible? So I would say yeah. there's, a, there's obviously the voice of the enemy that could have said to me, Theos, you already exist. Right. Bible Project already exists. Why would you add your two cents into this? And I go, no, like there are people who resonate with the way you communicate. Right. There are that's like yeah. saying there's already enough churches in Lakeland or enough right. churches in Orlando. Right. Right. No, like exactly. God wants to flood the market actually <laughs> yeah. with his grace and his goodness. And, and um, so I would say never, there's a way that you are able to communicate that is going to cause resonance between you and the tribe so that God's good. called you yeah. to reach. Yeah. And so don't, don't compare. Yeah. Well, we're going to move into our fire round, close out our conversation. Fun. I feel like we could have a conversation all day long. I There's know. all kinds of topics we could talk about, but we're going to move into our fire round and just ask you a few questions surrounding kind of everything we've discussed and, and just get your gut answer. They're going to be right. three quick questions, mm -hmm. and Michael, you fire away. I'm going to shoot from the hip. There all you right. go. Fire Sounds away. Good. Okay, okay. What can churches do to encourage deeper, more intellectually rigorous preaching? Like what can you do to encourage it and foster it and grow it? Create a preaching team. 
like a, that, like a research team. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think we probably all know Scott Jones, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Beautiful, great church in Houston. And one of the things that he does at his church is uh, he's got a group of about four or five people that help him with sermon research. Wow. That, and But they, they come from different areas. Like one person's an MDiv, kind of has got the Greek and Hebrew mm-hmm. down. Yeah. And then one person's like a social worker. And then there's creatives in there. Wow. So like this is, I think that uh, probably for my parents' generation, the framework that they have, uh, you see how like, I keep playing yeah. that yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The framework they have is Moses go up the mountain, you hear you from hear God and, and yeah, bring, bring the tablets down. down. Right. Yep. And um, I go, okay, that, that there's nothing wrong with that framework, but is that the only one that exists? Right. No, I don't think so, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, if songwriters can all get together and write songs that are from the from the Lord that we believe are true in it and spirit Absolutely. spirit filled, then why can't a team yeah. hear from the Lord and, and be involved in the sermon writing process? Yeah. Yep. And so, um, yeah, yeah. I have a research assistant who helps me. Yeah. Um, and That's I think great. that we that needs to be less and less shame, like a right. source of shame and more of a, uh, yeah, like back to Len- back to Leonard Sweet. Right. One of the things that he said about studios is like, let's say you have a famous artist and you're like, yeah, that's Da Vinci or that's, mm-hmm. you know, um, Monet or whatever, that a part of their group of artists is that they would have their apprentices paint the hands or paint the feet. And so right. when you look at a famous painting, let's say you go to the Louvre and you mm-hmm. look at this famous painting, every single stroke is not from that artist. Wow. But that artist oversaw the pro- yeah. a process of apprentices and people that all contributed yeah. to yeah. that work. And I think that's helpful. If Paul can have a scribe, right. if Jeremiah can have a scribe, I think that we should be we should have people on our team who are like, no, I'm like, I do the Greek and Hebrew for Pastor Manny sermons, you know, like, I think that that's really, really helpful. I I think getting more people involved is good. Second question. What are some ways Christians can discern between true spiritual leaders and those who are more focused on fame and personal gain? Man. Fire round question. Wow. Fire round question. question. How do we know the difference? Oh, boy. Okay, I think there's a thin line between cult and culture. Ah, yeah. So I think that in order for any organization to be healthy, you have to have strong culture. But it's it's it, it, that culture can border along the lines of cult real fast. So a mm-hmm. couple of telltale signs is um, I think when I'm at a healthy church, um, I've been at a bunch of healthy churches, and the verbiage is like, hey, I want everybody to ask God, should you give in the offering? I want you to believe the Lord. And, and then you can be mm-hmm. in environments where it's like, God said there are five people in this room who are supposed to give $100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been in both of those environments, right? One feels like you trust that I have the spirit of the Lord and that I can hear from God, and you've just created freedom mm. for me to respond and the other is, I don't know that I trust yeah. that you hear from God, but I've heard from him mm. and you're supposed to give a hundred dollars. And that right there yeah. right. goes, ah, th- th- one of these just feels good. And yeah. one of these, one of these is operating out of trust and one of these is not. And yeah. so I think that if you're a leader um, and you're operating out of fear, I think that's going to be discerned within people. People should be able to tell, like, ah, oh, man, that person is leading from a place yeah. of fear. And fear is what causes us to manipulate. Right. And so I think that if you're in an environment and the leader's manipulative, you don't have to write them off as mm-hmm. evil, but you can say, man, they're operating out of fear. Right. And maybe I should remove myself. Yeah. So. And if I can riff on that for a second, if we go back to that analogy between the Tower of Babel and 
the 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 temple, right? Both of them actually ended up with the same ending. Yes. Right? Both of them destroyed everything scattered across the board. The temple started one way. It started being built by God, but then over time, the decisions. So you could have a leader, right? Starts by building the temple, right? You've got a Solomon, but just life happens. They make decisions. So it doesn't discount what they built at the beginning. Nope. Or what you are part of the beginning, but you got to have the discernment that it's not just a one or all thing, but have things change. One hundred percent. I was in a, I was in a random town that I'm not going to name, <laughs> and uh, I preached at a church where the senior pastor had a moral failure. Hmm. Okay, um, had 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 some sexual indiscretions, um, and I'm booked to preach. Okay, this event, this the exposure of this event had happened maybe weeks prior, and so they had to book a bunch of people to speak simply because the pastor wasn't. You know, they had to let the pastor go. Yep. They had to get a new pastor in, you know, so they just booked a bunch of guest speakers. And I said, um, hey, like, I'm going to be vulnerable. Um, me and my wife walked through infertility for five years. We got miraculously pregnant and then we had a miscarriage. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the temptation when you have a miracle and then a miscarriage is to deny that there was an actual miracle. Wow. The pain of the right. miscarriage makes you deny the presence or the power that a miracle actually happened. Mm. And for me and my wife, we had to actually hold those two things in tension. God was good. God did a miracle. This hurts really bad. And this is a miscarriage. And so the enemy would like to say to all these people who were sitting in this church and this leaders had a moral failure, I tithed for nothing. I gave for nothing. I volunteered, mm. right? And we have to always go, no, like m- my faith is not in this human who's had this moral failure. I gave, I tithed, I volunteered as my labor of love unto the Lord. Mm. And, and I can acknowledge the fact that for 20 years, there was a miracle. There was baptisms right. and revivals right. and salvations and yeah. it was good. Right. And that... That right. acknowledgement of the miracle shouldn't make me want to cover up the, the fact, fact that there was a miscarriage, right. right? It's both ways. Hey, right. I have to acknowledge both of these mm-hmm. things. Um, and I think that um, sometimes we get caught in one or the other. Mm-hmm. The pain of a miscarriage can make me now dishonor everything, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Or my love of the person who I feel like is right. responsible for all these miracles can make me want to um, cover up. It's right. a real thing that right. has happened. And so I think going, man, we've got to have, we've got to have a, a better framework to, yeah. to understand church and yeah, So good. Well, Manny, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. I love your voice. Um, your voice is so important and you are helping people to take deep theological truths and bring life to them and bring it to everyday, real-world living. And so thank you for what you do. Uh, thank so you. So grateful for you. If you want to stay up to date with Manny, you can follow him on Instagram at tw- and Twitter, at Manny Arango. Facebook is at Pastor Manny Arango, right? Dope, yeah. And how, how, do, uh, how do they get on Arma? How do they subscribe to Armacourses.com. Armacourses.com. A-R-M-A-C-O-U-R-S-E-S. Courses. Yeah. Armacourses.com. Uh, yeah. and join the tribe. Su- subtle plug: We may be working on a partnership. We're cooking up. We're talking yeah. about it. I've been We've talking been... about it in green rooms all over America. Right. So right. Okay. I've been kind of, you know, right. putting seeds. So up we, there. Don't wanna, we don't want to announce it yet. Right? There's nothing. No, we, to no, no, no. Just yeah. like, just keep going to armorcourses.com. Go. You might see some really all cool right. stuff you down there. See something yeah. dope. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks everybody for joining us on the Framework Leadership Podcast. Have a great week. Take care. 
Hey, thank you so much for joining us today on Framework Leadership. If you're watching on YouTube right now, now would be a great time to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button so you can get more leadership content right into your YouTube feed. You can also check us out on Instagram at Kent underscore Engel at Dr. Michael Steiner or on Twitter and YouTube at Kent Engel. And hey, if you love great email newsletters, and I know that I do, you want to check out the Framework Leadership Newsletter. Every single Friday drops in great tips to be a better leader, resources, thoughts right into your inbox. Check it out. You can sign up at kentingle.com. Make sure you hop onto there. Thank you so much for listening to Framework Leadership. Take care, everybody.